Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Barricade Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, Sold Out. With me, your host, Freddy Alonso, with my co-host, the Devil's Advocate, Robert Fain. Hey, today we have a couple birthdays. Terry Taylor's birthday, um, the original Sheik, and Anthony's favorite, Tyson Fury. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> no deaths this week, so that's a plus. That's a plus. <laughs> All right, and with our other co-host, Blackbeard himself, the Encyclopedia. And gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us tonight. He is the man with the lucrative trust fund, a specialty in athlete representation. And hopefully by the end of the show, we will be trust fund approved. I'd like to welcome to the show, Jared Silverclight. Wow, you pronounced the name right. I am astonished. <laughs> I replayed the YouTube, a couple YouTube videos to make sure I got it right and I was practicing. I was about to say, that was, that was a pretty decent uh, uh, reci- uh, recital right there. Uh, you got it pretty much every single word right. Yeah, we weren't clapping for you. We were clapping for Anthony getting your name right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's to be applauded for sure. I mean, I, I've done a few of a few of these, and I would say that was a that was probably on the higher end as far as uh, podcaster introductions. So, uh, hello, hello to all your middle class listeners. I am trust fund benefactor Jared Silberkleit. Now, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Definitely. So uh, we're going to get started. We're going to get to learn a little bit about the man behind the character. Uh, first off, for those of you that don't know, he is one of the, as far as I'm concerned, top managers that we see quite frequently at Northeast Wrestling. Uh, you got that right. Absolutely. And on top of that, we also have seen him get in the ring every once in a while. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, how we got into it, uh, a little bit about the man himself. So... Uh, I guess first off, how did you end up going the manager route? It's interesting. You, everyone we've spoken to prior has always been a wrestler, not so much going the manager route in the wrestling world. How did that come about? Uh, well, I first got involved in wrestling um, on a kind of part-time basis as a ring announcer and interviewer, backstage help, whatever else you could think of. This was probably starting back around the time I was 16 years old and 2010, basically, there was an independent that was based in one of my high school towns. It was basically down the street from my high school. And I had some friends who were friends with some of the wrestlers. And I wanted to get into sports casting at the time. I thought it was a good opportunity to get more public speaking experience. I was a fan. And I kind of hung around doing that for a few years. And just kind of as a occasional local weekend thing, not really thinking I was going to seriously pursue it. And then all of a sudden 2017, there was a guy who was managing for Northeast wrestling uh, who happened to uh, break his leg um, a few days before a show. And I basically got the call and um, it was, the idea was kind of floated to me. Hey, you've been doing announcing for a while. You've been saying you want to do more Here's a chance. Can you pull this off? 
And I thought, that sounds like fun. I've never done promos before, and this allows me to get a little bit more physically involved as well. Uh, so I tried it out one weekend, uh, doing two shows back-to-back, and um, it seemed to it just seemed to click. It seemed to get over really well, and it's been off to the races ever since. Um, I had a lot of fun with it, and um, ever since then, I mean, it, it really started with uh, – the trust fund was kind of the explanation for why I was there. But then I kind of took that character idea or that concept and ran with it and fleshed it out more and more as time's grown on. And, um, I mean, it's really just opened up a whole new, whole new door, um, into the business as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I never imagined myself really getting as wrapped up in it as I have been, but the last four years, um, have been an absolute blast. Nice. So this is Rob. Um, who would you say would be your influences? If there's a manager or managers, you would say that you've st- patterned your style or taken a little bit from. Who would you say that would be? I would say initially, initially it was very, very Paul Heyman. Um, I kind of, I went for more of a kind of stiff, serious presentation at first, and plus I was managing. Uh, wrecking ball Ligurski. He was the first guy that I ever uh, worked with. So it was kind of, it was easy to, for initial inspiration, going to that Heyman Lesnar dynamic. But I think as time's grown on, I mean, I've kind of enjoyed dipping my toes into the more cartoonish and um, animated aspects, which would kind of be more similar to a Jimmy Hart or a Jim Cornette, rather, a Heenan. So, I mean, I've been. I have been told that I draw some similarities to all three of those guys, particularly Cornette, um, just with the spoiled rich kid gimmick. So, I mean, I like to think that like there's there's some similarities, uh, but I mean, I very much uh, pride myself on uh, being able to make myself stand out, separate myself from the past. But those are certainly guys that I've looked to um, as far as inspiration goes. Uh, Jimmy Hart's actually one I've been on, a, uh, particularly on a kick lately. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I consider my character very, you know, 1980s influence with a modern twist. So those would probably be the primary influences. Well, speaking of Jimmy Hart, I know you've had some run-ins with him before, uh, but there's been a who's who of some of the people that you've gotten to work with. I uh, you know Mick Foley, David Arquette, Kaz Excel, Enzo, Swaggle, Ricky Steamboat. Has there been any favorites that you've had? Have you kind of fanboyed out before you actually worked with them? Any any fun stories with any of those people you want to share with us? Well, the nice thing about, um, to your question about fanboying out, because I was involved in wrestling for a number of years before that as an announcer, I was around a lot of those guys or guys of that caliber for several years in Northeast Wrestling for about three or four years prior to that. So it was really cool that once I began managing and had the opportunity to work with these guys in matches, segments, promos, um, we were, I already was like, we were loosely familiar with one another. And more importantly, I was used to being around guys like that. So it helped me shake off uh, any possibility of getting starstruck, um, considering I was kind of, you know, thrown into the fire in a way It it was very much, you know, sink or swim, um, when I got started. Uh, but if, I mean, the guys you just named, uh, all of them were a total blast to work with. I, I truly can't look back on any, on any 
of those guys and have anything but super positive things to say about the experience as far as how the matches or segments went. But in particular, um, among among those among those guys, I would say Enzo and Kaz uh, XL or W Morrissey as he's going by now, um, just because me and the one man thrill ride Jimmy Preston, we got to work with those guys repeatedly a couple of years ago. It was summer of 2019 where we're going town after town uh, with these guys, whether it was cast by himself or with Enzo, it was probably five or six times that summer. So a lot of these other guys, it was great, um, you know, for, um, one offs, but that was kind of my first, one of my first experiences, not just um, in terms of working with guys of that caliber, but having developing that chemistry and being able to kind of be like, okay, we know this works and we can take this from place to place all over. And it was a really cool, uh, not only did we have the chemistry in the, in, you know, in the ring, but just in terms of getting to know the guys behind the scenes, um, I, you know, and it's just been like, it was a win-win all around. Uh, we had a blast. They had a blast. It was an awesome experience. That's awesome. Now, for you, what do you prefer? Managing a singles guy, a tag team, a faction? What's, what's your, you know, forte or preference in that aspect? I I like the variety a lot. I really love what I'm doing right now in Northeast Wrestling because uh, basically right now, I the, the way the trust fund's kind of manifested is it's very Heenan family style in the sense that I am managing four different people, a tag team and two singles guys, and they're not necessarily together all the time. Uh, they very much have their own individual stories and they can come together when it makes sense and when they need to, but it's not like any of them are sacrificing the individual um, to just be a face of a stable. You know, I, I really, I like what we have going on right here where everybody kind of has their own identity, whether it's Mike Verna, the Graysons, Channing Thomas, they all have their specific stories that contribute to the larger group collective um, so on that note, I, I think that what we're doing right now is a really, um, you know, fresh spin on what I've done in the past over there and in other promotions. Um, but to, to answer your question, I mean, I, I really, I can't say for sure, like, you know, singles or tag team, um, if I prefer, um, I will say that, um, in terms of, in terms of match structure, um, tag team matches, the, it kind of simplifies things for me because I don't have as much room to run, <laughs> but uh, I definitely, I think that there, I, I want to work with as many different combinations of guys, as many different match formats as possible, because I just, I want to have that flexibility. I want to have that versatility and I want to keep things fresh uh, with whatever I'm doing in whatever promotion. Nice. Here's an interesting one for you. So sometimes we go to a show like the one, like the ones you participate in, and somebody we see on TV, like an AEW or WWE is appearing. Well, not WWE, but AEW is appearing. And sure, like this weekend, I know you have Mike Verna is facing off against QT Marshall at Six Flags Slamfest. So 
the interesting thing there is QT Marshall's been playing a heel on AEW, so have you quite often had to go on the fly, like maybe the fans boo a guy like Marshall on Sunday because they're used to seeing him on TV as a heel. You're used to being the heel. Do you have to switch to that face role, and what's that like? Sure. Um, I, I've actually only worked face once in my whole career. <laughs> um, it was it was one time. It sucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had fun with it. I got over that day. Give myself a pat on the back, but it's so much more fun being the bad guy. It is. And also, I just feel like my character is just so easily detestable. And I mean, but you got to, but of course, you got to have the flexibility because, you know, there's going to, you know, you always have to switch things up. So, you know, I'm sure the time will come uh, one day. I mean, I think that right now, um, the fans, um, especially in Northeast Wrestling, absolutely despise me. And they despise everybody who's in the trust fund just because they're associated with me. So, um, it, but to your point, um, I mean, that's definitely something that's run through my mind as well, because QT Marshall has done has been doing some pretty, uh, you know, pretty mean stuff on TV lately, too. Right. Um, so, I mean, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe 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 him and, uh, and Mike are going to try to out cheat each other uh, at the show on Sunday. <laughs> so uh, there, there's a lot of interesting things. And it, and you really never know how the crowd's going to react, um, especially um, at a. At an event like that at Six Flags, which we're you know we're expecting to have a really really good turnout. Uh, the last couple of events that we've done at Six Flags Great Adventure, the crowd turnout's been unbelievable. So there's a lot of people out there, and, and maybe maybe there's some QT Marshall fans, maybe maybe there's some Mike Verna fans. Uh, so um, it it very much is kind of a you know uh, reading you know reading the room and and feeling uh, how the people are feeling that day, but. Uh, I mean, I always I pride myself on uh, not despite being being a heel, not crossing that line in terms of being uh, like the cool bad guy. I think that I've always come across as the most detestable person um, in or around the ring. Uh, That's always my goal. So, um, yeah, I mean, but but to your point, we'll see how it goes this Sunday. I'm prepared for anything either way. (laughs) So you've been managing for a while now. Um, I'm wondering. Um, in all the history of wrestling, you know, give me somebody you would love to manage living dead. Who would be your dream client? Dream client, man. Wow. Living, living dead. Um, Anybody you want. I think it's, I think it's easy to go back to some of those classic, uh, you know, guys from the uh, monster guys from the eighties, like, you know, a Bundy or a, or an Andre uh, would obviously, you know, that comes to mind when I think about my past with with Wrecking Ball. That's something that's pretty seamless. Um, I also um, an, another guy that I've looked that I've that I've seen some stuff in the past of, uh, particularly Nick Bockwinkle. The interplay with him and Bobby Heenan, kind of that was stuff that I had looked to when I was working, particularly with. A one-man thrill ride, Jimmy Preston, because he was a guy who obviously didn't need me to talk for. And I look and I think about, huh, like what kind of chemistry would would I have had with a guy like that back in the day? So um, I really just I love the presentation of of old school wrestling. Um, I, I really just love the promo format. And whenever I watch those guys, I just kind of like to insert myself into those clips and think, wow, like I would have loved to have been, you know, Jimmy Hart or, or Bobby Heenan in that scenario. So all the guys that, that those guys worked with, um, it's, it's hard for me not to imagine myself in their shoes. I uh, work with some of those names from the past. I think it's harder to work with someone who 
can speak. I mean, I think it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably easier for you to do all the talking and your man to stand behind you with his arms folded. It's probably a lot harder to interact with someone, like you said, like a Nick Bockwinkle, someone, Ric Flair, someone who can, who can talk on their own. So you have to kind of find your own niche in there somewhere. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, at that point, the manager becomes more than just the guy who talks for the wrestler, because, you know, when you have your strong, silent types, it's, it's pretty easily defined. The the monster's going to stand there and look scary, and the manager's going to do all the talking. Well, if it's another, for other types of characters, you got to understand that, that, um, what I've always kind of kept in my mind is, and this is something that's really important for me to sell to promoters, uh, when in terms of, in terms of like, you know, trying to justify my spots on shows um, is that the the manager offers a lot in terms of potential storytelling and world building in professional wrestling. Um, there's a lot of different reasons that a wrestler, um, you know, might want to work with a manager and you know enlist their services. I mean, I, I almost like to think of myself as. Um, as a sports agent, you know, every, every athlete has an agent, right? And how would that, how would an agent cranked up to 11 in the over the top world of professional wrestling act, particularly if they were loaded. And that's kind of been my mentality lately is that, um, you know, kind of taking that next step to evolve past, like, you know, the traditional, like, um, you know, first idea that comes to mind when you think of a manager, think about what, if, what a what kind of use a wrestler would have for keeping a guy like me around? So now, building off that, um, that was guys from the past or the present. Who have been some of the guys that have really brought the most out of you as their manager, or have been, you know, somewhat your favorite guys to manage? I would say. Yeah, I would I would say all time, all time, my favorite guy that I've worked with is One Man Thrill Ride. Um, and it's crazy because of like what we just talked about. He's the guy who, you know, didn't need me there. Um, he's a star on his own and certainly did not need me to talk for him. But in terms of I, I love the chemistry that we had together, whether it was at ringside or whether it was in promos, um, I loved working with him because he motivated me to evolve um, from a promo standpoint and like watching him fire off off the rip just so naturally. And, you know, he's for my money, one of the best promo guys in the business. You know, he can go totally, he can go, um, he can hold his own on the mic against just about anybody in wrestling right now, bar none. And it really forced me to want to elevate my game. But I mean, I really, I really think that I've been blessed in terms of the guys that I've worked with because there has been pretty much nobody that I've worked with repeatedly that I've thought this is not working. I don't like this. I feel like we're not, we're not connecting because I I really think that I've had some pretty, I've had some pretty awesome chemistry with the guys that I've managed wrecking ball uh, for that classic manager monster dynamic. Uh, we worked amazing together. Um, that was, uh, you know, he'd be my, he would be probably my number two, but I, but I love everybody that I'm with right now in the trust fund as well. I mean, I think that particularly uh, myself and the, the Grayson's we've been filming a lot of promos together lately. And I really think that our chemistry is clicking. We kind of are starting to really function as a well-oiled machine at ringside. 
Channing Thomas, um, it, it's only been a, you know a short amount of time with him, but I'm really I'm loving what we got going on as well. I think that that kid is on his way to freaking superstardom uh, with or without me. You know he's going to be great. And Mike Verno, again, we're just getting started, but I I just love I think the possibilities are endless with him. I think that the the trust fund right now in NEW is in such a good place, and I'm really, really amped up for this weekend. I, I can't say enough good things about all the guys in the group right now. So I'm wondering if you could take us behind the curtain a little bit, and specifically the rivalry with NEW owner Mike Lombardi. Sure. <laughs> How did that come about? Was that his idea? Was that something you went to him with? Was the plan to eventually you two get in the ring? I mean, what's I found it really interesting because going to a lot of Northeast wrestling shows, you see him there, but he doesn't usually get involved on that level very often. Yeah, and and he's always kind of prided himself uh, on that, especially like at the particularly at lower levels of the independents. I mean, we've all seen it, you know, a million times. If you go to independent shows, for some reason the promoter is like. Uh, you know, t- tends to position himself as the most important guy on the show. I mean, this has happened in a lot of places. Um, and I think that Michael has always kind of refrained from doing that. And there was something, though, with us. When I was working with Wrecking Ball in a feud against Flip Gordon three years ago, and that was when I think – because Michael was making very, very rarely would he even make an appearance on the show unless it was to make an announcement or something. And he ended up coming out to make a match between Wrecking Ball and Flip where if, oh, I'm sorry, it was after the rematch, if it was after the rematch where Wrecking Ball won the title and he came out to make the match between me and Flip at the following show with him as the referee. And that got like enormous reactions for the people. And then in the match, I, I used, let's see, I threw powder in his, in his eyes, in Michael's eyes, right as the match started. And then toward the end, I smacked him in the face. I turned around and he, then he gave me a judo throw and he fired up on me with a dusty Rhodes throwback combo. And the place was going absolutely ballistic. (laughs) I mean, and it's to your to your guys' point, the fact that he doesn't really do that that often at all. And um, not, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but but I'm kind of it's kind of been since then sporadically. Michael's shown his face on these shows, and it's only been to target me. So whenever it's like he's pulled me off the apron to drag me to the back at times, ejected me from ringside. So it's kind of like we've planted the seeds to where maybe there's going to be some follow up on it one day. Um, and I mean, when it, all I know is for these small little moments, every single one of them, the people have been really, really into. And I feel like if we, if we wanted to go forward with it, we get, there's a lot of ammunition on, on both of our sides. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's something where you say it on paper, you're like, huh, but it's just gotten over like a million bucks. Um, you know, whenever we've gone to it. So have you, have you trained as a wrestler? Yeah, I've trained. Um, I, I, so, I've basically uh, I've, I've trained as a manager, uh, but I've been adding, you know, little by little, um, you know, things to my utility belt. I started training with Matt Taven and uh, Vinny Marcellia when they were running their school um, in uh, West Warwick, uh, Rhode Island. Um, started going there right around the time I started managing. 
um, a little, uh, little bit before then. And um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it really blew my mind at first. Uh, just think like, oh, oh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, as a not, you know, it's a non wrestling role. How, how hard can it be? But yeah, learning to like, you know, move around ringside and you know, timing, positioning, all those things. And plus, you know, the more things that you can do in ring wise, the better. And of course, I've I've had a couple of matches, so there's definitely, um, you know, you're always learning. You never stop. And um, I'm hoping to, you know, continue to add more things to my utility belt because I want to continue doing matches. I won't, I don't think I want to be a full-time wrestler, but I definitely want to occasionally have those, you know, one-offs, those novelty matches, particularly if there's a good storyline reason for them, uh, just because I feel like, you know, I'm in good enough shape, um, you know, and, and again, able to separate myself from the traditional manager stereotype. So um, I definitely want, um, you know, plan is to keep learning and, you know, keep, uh, keep at it. You got to avenge that loss to Swaggle. I do. <laughs> I got a knuckle sandwich coming his way if he's, if he's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about something that I came across as I was researching for the show. Your name's on WWE.com. Sure is. Tell I us about you. that. Well... This is long before the manager career started. I was in college. I was a journalism major. And I, I'm from Connecticut. I'm a native. Um, and I secured a digital content internship with WWE um, in the fall of 2014. I wrote some articles for the website. Um, I was you know, editing web pages, content management stuff. Um, I was in the same office as Joey Styles and Howard Finkel. And yeah, it was, uh, I mean, to, at that time, mind blowing, mind blowing experience. It still is very, very grateful to have had it. Um, it was, uh, for what I, for what I, the path I was headed at the time, um, it was just tremendous, absolute, um, absolutely tremendous experience. You get to meet Vince. I did not get to meet Vince. Oh, that's uh, his loss, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> CBD. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, as far as far as uh, recognizable uh, names and faces, um, it would pretty much uh, the, the guys that I ran into there um, that people would uh, recognize would be, again, uh, you know, Finkel, uh, Joey Styles, and Michael Hayes. Saw him a couple times as well. He, he must be an experience. Right? Yeah. No, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it, popped, it popped me, man. He, uh, he showed every time I saw him, uh, he he showed up uh, wearing his fanny pack. So uh, that was pretty, you know, nice little tip of the hat. <laughs> so, what are the aspirations? Is it to continue on the indie circuit? Is it to get to AEW, WWE, MLW? What's what's next for you? Oh, the goal is television, one hundred percent. It's television. I mean, I'm enjoying. Like I said, I've enjoyed what I've done the last four years, but. I'm feeling like it's time to take that next step. And um, I mean, I think that the uh, wrestling is really blowing up right now. I think that a lot of companies are headed in the right direction. And I mean, hey, I'm a free agent. You know, I am I'm willing to uh, get in front of anybody uh, who who is interested in checking out my stuff, uh, whether it's, 
domestic, whether it's international. I mean, I think that there's, uh, I can't say enough good things about a lot of companies right now. I mean, I think that Ring of Honor totally inventing, uh, reinventing, uh, you know, their television presentation during the pandemic was really, really awesome. I think AEW is doing some tremendous things. Uh, their, their roster only continues to grow. Their uh, television presence only continues to grow. Uh, they're touring the crowds. I mean, they're, they're doing so many awesome things right now. WWE, the crowds are coming back, right? Um, Impact, MLW, uh, MLW expanding. It's, uh, you know, you see talent popping up in places left and right. The forbidden doors are all open. So it's a really exciting time, whether you're, you know, a whether you're a wrestler, whether you're involved in uh, the business in another capacity, whether you're just a fan, I think that it's a really exciting time for pro wrestling. I think that it, everybody's hungry, whether um, it's people that are working in the business or again, just fans uh, eager to eager for all this to come back in a big way after everything we went through in the last year and a half. And, and we're still not quite out of the woods yet, but you know, we're looking, it, it seems like we're in a much better position than we were this time last year. So uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited for what the future holds, and um, yeah, I'm just you know fingers crossed for the best. I like I said, television is my goal, period, um, wherever that may lead me. And you mentioned the pandemic and the world starting to come back, crowds are starting to return. But for a while there, you at Northeast Wrestling were doing stuff on kind of a close set, uh, the Studio Wars. What was that yeah. like competing and being involved in that with no crowd? There were positives and negatives. Um, I think that, you know, my initial thought was, well, this is kind of weird just because, I mean, especially with what I do. I mean, I'm, you know, there is no better feeling for me than going out there and being greeted by that chorus of booze. I mean, the, the people's hatred just, it's my life. It's my life source. It's, <laughs> it's like rocket fuel for me. And then going out there in an empty building, it's a totally different feeling. But... But the biggest positive was that the trust fund was starting from scratch because pre-pandemic, I had Richard Holiday and Bear Country. Obviously, um, both those, you know, all three of those guys way on the up and up, right? I mean, Richard Holiday is all over the place, Bear Country, AEW. Um, so the trust fund was kind of in reset mode and we started from scratch. And I think that those empty arena tapings, because they were the tapings were long days where we're out there multiple times and we had pre-tapes, um, promos, and all that stuff. It really allowed me to spend a lot of time with the Graysons and Channing, getting to know them, developing our chemistry. Because you know, I really take a look back on how on those first few episodes when we started, what our matches were like, what our promos were like, and where we are now. And I really think that, you know, the, the seeds were planted back then and we were able to kind of, you know, smooth out the edges, work out the kinks and, you know, get the get those reps in to where when the crowds returned, we were ready. All of us were ready. I, you know, I think um, it's interesting you say that, you know, Bear Country and, and uh, you know, guys that you were working with are moving around and things like that. I was just curious to know, um, who are your closest friends in the business at this point? Um, I would say uh, among among uh, workers right now, I mean, you know, the guys in the trust fund, you know, we're on, you know, 
uh, definitely, you know, pretty tight with those guys. Um, everybody, right. Um, everyone in the group right now. Um, also, uh, Richard holiday, uh, he and I, I mean, you know, two Connecticut guys, uh, just hit the Yankees game together, uh, last Saturday. So, um, talk to him pretty often, uh, thrill ride as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, those are, I mean, obviously wrecking ball and I've had our differences, uh, but at one point uh, we're pretty, pretty darn close. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, those are all guys. Uh, that, that's really, I, I think that you can't, you really, it, it's hard to, you really want to like develop that chemistry with guys that you work with. Um, you know, when you're, when you're at that level of comfort with them, where you're not just seeing them on show days, uh, you get out of that wrestling bubble and you just start looking at it as like people, you know, coexisting and stuff like that. You get comfortable with one another and then you can, it's easier for you to just kind of freestyle it, and just wing it, just be yourself all right um let's get out of that rustling bubble a little bit more and learn more about the man um first off thank you for coming on i know the yankees are playing at the field of dreams right now against the white Sox, so thank you for giving up your time and of course of course um i'm gonna take a while you're sparing me i just checked the score oh my Uh goodness Uh oh (laughs) okay maybe i'm not going to turn that on later tonight Let's talk about football or something else. (laughs) Well, on that note, favorite sports teams, football, baseball, basketball, whatever you got. Yeah. um, I am a diehard Yankees fan, diehard New York Giants fan. For basketball, my allegiance would be the Knicks, um, but I'm I'm not – I do not pay much attention to basketball or hockey, honestly. Um, It's mostly baseball and football. Uh, Hockey team would be the Devils. Um, However, I've I've not – I've actually never been to a Devils game. I've been to a decent amount of our Rangers and Knicks games, though. I'm, I'm all about uh, any any sporting events that are happening uh, in or around New York City. I'm there. Uh, um, whether it's, you know, the Garden, uh, Yankee Stadium, City Field, Giants State, uh, MetLife Stadium, rather. Um, love going to live sporting events, uh, but the Yankees and the Giants uh, have my heart forever. Rob's just happy that you didn't say any soccer teams because he's always giving me a hard time about that, but... At least oh, yeah. I'm on the same page with you with Giants, Devils, and uh, Yankees. That's for sure. Uh, I went to a it. Devils. I went to a Devils Rangers fight once, and a hockey game <laughs> broke out. Nice. That sounds about right. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. Um, I, I actually, when I was a kid, I went to a lot of minor league hockey games because my dad worked for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers for a brief period. And let me tell you, I mean, those minor league hockey games—it was just nothing but fights, 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 fights. So, favorite sporting event or most memorable moment that you've you've experienced live? Live and in person, I would say uh, my favorite was probably Yankees playoff game. It was Yankees versus Orioles 2012 American League Division Series. I was at the game where, if you guys remember, Raul Abanez pinch hit for A-Rod in the bottom of the ninth inning and hit a game-tying home run, and then... He hit the walk-off home run in the bottom of the eleventh inning. That's awesome. That's a good game. Yeah, that was, was that's at, probably my favorite one that I've attended live. I was at Yankees Mets World Series Game Five. Ah, my my dad, and my uncle were there too. Yeah, so I got to see the Yankees win. So nice. Well, not not much beats that. Oh yeah. He's also almost been kicked out of Shea Stadium for flipping the bird on the big screen. So. I'll bet <laughs> you, you guys probably you guys must know the thumbs down guy. 
I'm not aware of him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure who that is. Oh, my God. You guys don't remember? Oh, it was a big thing. Like, oh, four, yes. Yeah, yes. Years ago, like, yeah, like, yeah, Yankees go play the Mets at City Field, and there and there's this, uh, there's this like, middle-aged bearded dude uh, just with the flat expression on his face giving a thumbs down after Todd Frazier hit a home run, I think. And that – it was basically like their – it was their thing. They put it on a T-shirt. It was like their rallying cry for yeah, that Yeah, I remember that season. now. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. I totally forgot about that. Um, favorite TV shows, TV shows, South Park and the office. Nice choice. What kept me going through the pandemic? I know everybody binged something while they were on lockdown. What was, what was your go-to? First it was tiger King. And then it was the office. I never watched the office before the pandemic started. And I watched the whole series. <laughs> that, that makes two of us. Yeah. I mean, I had heard so much about it, and, and I w- always put it off, or I would, like, watch a couple clips on YouTube just so I was up to speed on the jokes. But then I actually watched the whole show, and I was shocked that, first of all, like, to go from, like, just being so entertained by it and just, like, you know, falling out of my chair laughing to, like, really caring about the characters and, like, bawling my freaking eyes out um, at the finale. I mean, it takes you on a roller coaster of emotions. It really does. To this day, my wife hates. That's what she said. And I use it whenever <laughs> I possibly can. <laughs> Tremendous. That's exactly what you should do. Yo, next time I say that in front of her, she's going to look at you and be like, you put him up to this, didn't you? I'm an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing watching that show in, during the pandemic, I'm watching and I'm like, God, everybody nitpicks everything about TV shows that go so far. And we got, you know, we brought to light a lot of things that we need to be more considerate about other people and what have you. How that show managed to stay on the air as long as it did with some of the stuff Michael Scott did. I was like, oh, my God. Well, now now they wouldn't be able to make it. Yeah, you know, that, that's come up. That has come up among a lot of people I know. That just the office. It would not fly today. Do you have a favorite episode? Um, the, uh, the uh, stress relief for sure. The fire drill. Oh my gosh, fire! That was like the best five minutes of television ever. My favorite is the dinner party. Oh, the dinner, that's a close second. I, that one. I, every time that one comes on, my wife goes, "Oh no, the dinner party's on," and she leaves the room because I have to watch that one from beginning to end. That one's terrific. Yeah, there, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of great ones. My favorite movies. Favorite movies. What are, you, um, what are you taking him out on a date? This <laughs> is what we do. This is what we do, Rob. Wine and dine likes, the trust fund. Likes, I like it. Not likes. <laughs> Long walks on the beach. <laughs> Big sweaty wrestlers. Uh, and um... <laughs> Exactly. There we go. Uh, now, from, as far as movies go, um, I'm a... I'm a pretty big superhero movie fan, um, so The Dark Knight uh, is definitely up there along with um, Avengers, Infinity War, um, and Endgame. Um, although, uh, on the drama route, I'm also a massive um, massive Tarantino fan, um, so Pulp Fiction and uh, Kill Bill, um, which uh, was uh, one of the that – was, that movie was really a big deal in my childhood, which probably explains why I turned out the way I did. So. <laughs> nice. One of the best movies ever made. Yeah, no doubt about it. When the Graysons were on, I felt bad for Anthony and Freddie because we geeked out for about five minutes. It was all about comics and comic movies, and the two of them were left sitting there for a minute waiting for us to finish. 
<laughs> oh, you should have called me. I'll, I'll talk your off about. Uh, I mean, they, they probably know the actual comics and the animated stuff a little bit more than I do. But man, when when it comes to the uh, MCU content, I mean, I am all about it these days. That's awesome. I could agree with almost pretty much all those movies you mentioned. And Rob was the guy that introduced me to Tarantino. So Rob, thank you, thank you. I didn't make them. I just watch them. <laughs> he educated me. Uh, f- favorite music? Music. I'm really. Uh, really, really, really into hard rock. Um, really like uh, rock and all its subgenres. Um, I actually just went to see Guns N' Roses at MetLife a week I saw that. ago. Very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Favorite band of all time is Metallica. I'm also really, really into Red Hot Chili Peppers, Aerosmith, Tool, and Alice in Chains. That would probably be the fave five right there. Jared, we really should be hanging out. We like everything the same. Yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Seriously. Hell yeah. <laughs> So before we wrap, we usually like to ask a question to all the guys. If there's one belt you can hold and you were a full-time wrestler, wrestler, what would it be and why? Oh, it would be the Million Dollar Championship, of course. But I, w- I would take it and I would rebrand it as uh, as like the Trust Fund Championship. And I would have it defended under those wwe smackdown versus raw rules uh i don't know if you ever remember the edition where it was uh where there there was one year where um like there were i forget what the, the story mode was that um there were like you had to pin the guy for like a five count or something like that and i i would have i would take this million dollar championship i would turn it into the trust fund championship you'd have to pin my guys for a seven count for seven figures <laughs> like that very very original we've never had the million dollar belt absolutely not and and, I, and on that note i also really I'm, I'm accepting applications for a trust fund exclusive referee here's my pitch take throw out your old referee costume you're going to be our nick patrick okay you're going to have it's going to be instead of white with black stripes you're going to be white with gold stripes mm-hmm. you know maybe give my guys a little extra time on the outside speed up the count for the other guys something like that I like where, it. where do I, I like send it. my resume? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I might have something here. Hold on. At trustfundreferecontest at gmail.com. <laughs> there we go. And if you get one of those mailer demon failure could not yeah. send, that's totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> what it's, are you doing? It's close, but it's a Juventus jersey, but last year it was black and gold stripes, so I could pull it off. I can pull it off. It says Jeep on it. Oh, I was going to say. Well, that's that's the only problem with the European soccer teams. They all got sponsors. With product placement. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Somehow, I, I think you're, he's going to lose your resume in the mail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, let us know where we could uh, let all the fans know where they can find you. We know you have the big event. Uh, coming up on Sunday the fifteenth at Six Flags, and, where, oh, and, and the fourteenth Saturday. Don't don't forget and, Saturday and the fourteenth. That's right in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, going through yeah. that going through that rundown, you'll be managing the Graysons in the four corner tag team championship match for the Northeast Wrestling Tag Team Championships, and Zane Lee Rude, Club Cam, and the Rock and Roll Express are also in there. Correct. And Mike Verna going up against Eddie Kingston. That sounds exciting. Yes. That's awesome. Very much so. So that's Saturday, Mid-Hudson Civic Center for Northeast Wrestling, Russell Fest 25. And then the next day, Six Flags Slam Fest, 
six-man tag Channing Thomas and the Amazing Graysons against Private Party and Matt Hardy. That's going to be another interesting one, seeing how they're playing heels on AEW. And then Mike Verna going one-on-one with QT Marshall. So, full weekend for you. That's right. Oh, yeah, and on top of that, uh, in Poughkeepsie on Saturday night, uh, Channing Thomas is going for the NEW live title in a five-way elimination match against uh, Keith Youngblood, Gio Galvano, Chris Battle, and Lucky Ali. So it's going to be a busy night for the Trust Fund. We're taking all the belts, baby. I was going to say, your your suitcases are going to be heavier when you leave, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't worry, Keith. We still like you. We've had Keith on the show a few times. (laughs) you know got to appease everybody all right so tell tell us where to find you on social media any do do you have any merchandise uh, youtube links anything like that um and what before you go into that i will recommend go on youtube northeast wrestling interactive episode eight trust fund approved a lot of the stuff we talked about you could check that out there that's right Yep, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jared Talks Loud, Facebook.com slash Jared Talks Loud. Check out my Pro Wrestling Tees store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jared Silberclite Trust Fund. All one word, really long, but I can guarantee uh, nobody else uh, will steal it. So <laughs> there's that. Um, and yeah, um, definitely follow me on there. Keep up with um, all of my upcoming events, especially this weekend for Northeast Wrestling. It's our biggest weekend of the year. We have WrestleFest 25 at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, like you just said, Mike Verna going up against Eddie Kingston. Grayson's going for the NEW tag titles in that Four Corners match. Channing Thomas going for the live title. And then Six Flags Great Adventure on Sunday, this Sunday August 15th with Mike Verner versus QT Marshall and Channing Thomas and the Amazing Graysons versus the Hardy family office. So it's going to be a stacked weekend. Make sure you follow Northeast wrestling on all their social for um, all of the info, all the updates, pictures, videos, you name it. So Jared, we want to say very very much from the bottom of our hearts thank you for coming on to the show thank you for uh sitting down and talking with us we would wish you nothing but the best and best of luck this weekend and everything the trust fund's doing we hope you guys come out with all the gold everybody we thank you guys for listening thesportsfrenzypodcast.com thesportsfrenzypod on twitter and thesportsfrenzypodcast on facebook and instagram we thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next week Peace.